0: Welcome to the Trinity Baptist Church Podcast with Senior Pastor Matt Homeyer. For more information about our church and to keep up to date with the latest resources, visit our website at trinitybaptist.org. Enjoy the podcast. it is good to see you this morning let me pray for us as we begin God we thank you for this morning we thank you for the breakfast in our bellies and the breath in our lungs for the things great and small the evidence that you sustain us even in this moment God All that we can bring to you today is who we are, where we are today, and we are here. God, we ask you to be faithful as you say to meet us here. Come to us today, even if we take these meager steps to be in worship, and speak to us as we have need. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. I want to read uh, our text for us today, which will be in John 20, 19 through 23. John 20, if you have your Bibles with us, or with you, rather, uh, 19 through 23, or your phones. And it reads On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Well, friends, it's, it was a wonderful Easter and Holy Week. You all look good today, not quite as good as last week, but you still look good. A Little less colorful out there, but you look wonderful. It was a wonderful week of worship. It was a wonderful day of celebration of resurrection. That said, the week after Easter can be tough. Maybe it's just because I'm a pastor and we put so much energy into Holy Week. A lot of us hit a wall Easter evening or Monday after Easter. About 4.30, Jacob and I talked about both of us. About 4.30, we had all of the family over and I said, y'all, I'm gonna go watch the masters on the back porch. You can come, but you can't talk. I just need to not talk for a little bit. I know the week after Easter is tough. Tough may not be the word. Hello, choir, good to see you. One of you smart Alex in the choir introduced themselves and said, they only see the back of my head. And so, I'm gonna do a little better to look back here occasionally. We are so glad you are here. I know the week after Easter can be difficult at times because every year, one, one of the pastor's uh, great joys in ministry is receiving your stories. It is a wonderful privilege when you come by the office or you call or or you set an appointment to share something going on in your life. And sometimes these are joys. There's a a grandbaby born or or something wonderful happened. And and sometimes these are are some of the deep pains that you have in your life and that you experience and you want prayer over or, or you want to visit about. And Easter, the weeks after Easter, I have found, are a flood of those difficult stories. You know, resurrection is in the world, and we celebrate this on Easter morning. There is hope, and there is possibility, and we celebrate it again yet this year. And then we wake up Monday morning, and while that hope is real, while it is, while salvation is near, resurrection didn't do away with all of the problems in one fell swoop, did it? The same difficulties, the same stresses, the same pressures in your life, the same addictions that we face, the same burdens of our heart that were there on Friday, by and large, are still there Monday. And we stare in the face one of the difficult questions of faith, why or how does the God who, who could raise Jesus from the dead, the God that, that has power over all, the God that can do anything, why must we linger in a world of brokenness? The burdens of our heart and prayer, the, 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 the difficulties of the world, the dark areas of this globe, why do they linger when Christ has overcome, when death has been defeated. We live in between, friends, this unique, unique time, this unique time between resurrection and the second coming. We have this promise that God is coming back, that Jesus is coming back, and there will be a day of new creation and new heaven when all of the pain of this earth is but that dim memory, but that day is not yet. And so we linger in this time when the Spirit of God is set loose on the world and resurrection power is at work, and yet we still face these difficulties. In the Christian calendar, we have this period of about seven weeks, seven Sundays between another 40 day cycle, just like from Lent to Easter, from Easter to Pentecost, a little bit longer, a few days longer. We're going to start a new series today that I'm calling God Can. Uh, We're going to tell stories from the Old Testament and the New Testament over these weeks of what God can do when God moves. What is at work in the world when? What is possible in the world? World when God moves? Because God can move. God can, and God will. The question for us is: How do we live in the in-between time? Because we know the difficulty. (laughs) is the timing. <laughs> we know the difficulty is when God moves and often he often doesn't move according the ways we want him to move or we have asked him to move. And so we are called to live in this in-between time. But I want us to soak our imaginations into the possibility that God can and God will move and see what we can learn about how God moves and how we live in spite of that from these stories that we will tell over the coming weeks. As I read for us, our text is John twenty nineteen through 23, which I think if you were in the position of the disciples in that story, they faced an impossible situation. And here's where I want you to enter into this story today. Weigh the burdens of your life and the burdens of your heart. What is your hardest to hope for situation in your life right now? Does that make sense? The hardest to hope for situation, the the situation that when you think of prayer or when you think of brokenness and you think of need, this is what comes up immediately into your mind. It's often what's on your mind when you go to bed and when you wake up and when you have any stillness in the day. What is the situation in the world, in your life? Maybe it's a relationship that is sprayed or broken. Maybe it is sickness. Maybe it is anxiety and fear that you are facing, the list of possibilities could go on. What is the hardest to hope for situation in your life? One of these great challenges, friends, is to believe that God can move, even in the seemingly impossible. And we pair that strong belief. This challenge is to pair that strong belief that God can move squarely with the reality that God most often doesn't move in the timing we want and in the ways we want. And these are the tensions in which we live and are called to live. I hope you end up leaving today encouraged that God can work in the situation that is on your mind that God can move even in the hardest-to-hope-for situations in our lives and in this world. Not only that, that God will move in those situations. But let's learn a little bit from these disciples about how we are to live in the meantime. Our text today, as I said, is a situation that is seemingly hopeless, where God made a way, which is the title of the sermon. God makes a way, God made a way. You know the story, we told it last week. We're telling it from John's perspective this week. We told it from Mark's perspective last week. In John's perspective, we have the same crucifixion, the same sense of devastating loss experienced by the disciples. They had given their life to this man. They had left their jobs. They had left largely their their families to travel with them. They had left their lives as they knew it and stepped out in faith that this man was the Messiah and he had been crucified, not before their eyes because they abandoned him, but they knew the story. And so they dealt with crushing loss that all of their hopes had been dashed and crushing guilt that they had abandoned their friend. And so they are found huddled up where in some room what are they experiencing as we hit John 19 fear two of them had run to the tomb because they had heard Jesus was not there they did not see Jesus there Uh, Mary Magdalene had, had received a visit from the resurrected Jesus she had gone to tell the disciples about it and what is their response they're still in that room Cowered and huddled, the predominant only emotion experienced or communicated rather here is that they were afraid of the Jewish leadership. They were afraid that something like what had happened to Jesus was coming from them. Not necessarily crucifixion, but arrest, persecution, and they were afraid. It's an impossible situation. And yet in the impossible situation, suddenly, suddenly in their fear, the risen Jesus came to them. We know this story so well. The miraculous astounding amazing nature of this needs to be named a couple of times in their fear in a locked room a dead man came to them not as an apparition or a ghost but as a risen being he appeared physically before them the importance of this can't be overstated in in the reality of it and what it teaches us. And for those that are note takers and love the points, we're gonna have some points today. You're welcome. The first point, whatever our need, whatever our hard to hope for situation, God comes to us in our need. Hear that. God comes to us. In our need, It doesn't sound like the most revelatory thing in the world, but imagine if we had no comfort in our need. Imagine if we served a God that stood at remove and distance on high away from our need and abandoned us to the distance of it, the hopelessness of it. No, God comes to us in our need. Nothing changed about the disciples' situation from the outside looking in. They had as much to fear as they did before Jesus arrived. They had as much, as many questions about the rest of their life and as much uncertainty about how to move forward as they did before. And yet, their whole outlook was shifted because Jesus came to them in their need. God doesn't stand far off from us as we experience fear or anxiety or depression or dread or heartbreak. God comes to us and makes a way to be with us. And the prodigal son story, that that paradigm story of who God is and how God works, how does the God figure in the passage that father respond to the son in his need? He runs to him. He runs to him and abandons all decorum to be with his son as soon as the son appears and to bless that son. God comes to us in our need. It is so interesting to me that God doesn't, Jesus doesn't, the risen Jesus doesn't fix anything in the passage. He doesn't remove the object of their fear. He doesn't assure them everything's gonna be fine. All of those external difficulties of the Jewish leaders in the fear, all of their internal guilt and everything that was eating at them inside, all of those are still present. But the risen Jesus joins them in the struggle, he comes and he utters this common phrase, this common greeting, Peace be with you. And he showed them his hands and he showed them his side. And it says they were glad to see Jesus. And then he said again, Peace be with you. A common greeting, not so like, Hello, how are you? And yet from Jesus, it was more. From Jesus, it was a promise. It was a command, peace, be with you. Which brings us to our second point. In our need, and we would also say, you know, in the valleys and on the mountains and every point in between, what Jesus hopes for us and wants for us and works for us is peace. Again, the situation is exactly the same except for one crucial fact. The risen Jesus is now with them. New possibilities abound because of who is on the team and who is present with them. He doesn't promise to remove any of those. He promises peace, shalom. It means wholeness. It means wellness. I come to make you whole. I come to make you safe. I come to make you well in mind and body and spirit. He says nothing about changing all of the dangerous and anxiety-producing external circumstances, nothing about those hard-to-hope-for things the disciples were dealing with. But Jesus can provide peace in any and all circumstances. He pronounces it in our life. Whatever external thing, whatever hard-to-hope-for situations we're facing, he comes in that to offer peace and wellness and wholeness through his presence to us. Peace in the Spirit of God is not contingent on external factors, Peace is not contingent on us having our act together or or all of the obstacles being removed from our path or everything being smooth and easy. Even in the difficult situations, even in the impossible situations, Jesus comes and offers peace, the peace as we sing that's beyond understanding at times. Finally, in the passage, Jesus breathed on them. Complicated text in a post-COVID context he would not physically be with them for much longer, but his spirit, which was fully him, fully God, would remain with them closer to them than their very breath. Which brings us to our third point. God gives us his very self to equip us to face our difficulty, to equip us for the journey he has for us. His spirit empowers us it equips us, it, it calls us forth into the world. Friends, every one of us, every one of us has the hard to hope for situations in our life. We all have the family situation, we don't know how it gets fixed. We all have the person we're praying for who's living the life so far for the hope we have for them where we don't know how it gets fixed. We all have the issues, the the, the sin, the addictions, the temptations we're dealing with, and we don't know how it gets fixed. We all face the seemingly impossible situations. We all have them. They occupy our heart and their mind and our soul. The brokenness is around us. We're not, here's the thing though, we're not given time and space to sit around and wait until God clears it all up for us. As we pray and as we wait and as we, God gives us work to fill our hands. Again, this is the amazing work of the Spirit. The Spirit of God doesn't use us once everything is fine and clear, once our whole world and and our whole life is cleaned up and ready to be used. God takes us in our muck, in our mess, and calls us forth from that and says, you know, other people are praying too, and they need you to step out in faith. And I'm working in their lives as well. We are most often called to work and serve while we wait on God to move. Sometimes it is in our service, while we wait for God on our thing, through our service, God meets the need of someone else praying for their thing, and God is working in someone else's life, perhaps to to, to heal and help in our thing, even as we work. It's a cycle of grace and love and service, and broken people like you and me, trusting that God can make a way And while we wait on it, we are going to fill our hands with his kingdom service because he has breathed on us and he has called us forth to serve into our world. Call to mind again, friends, that hard to hope for situation in your life. Know that whatever that is, God's heart is grieved along with you, know that in your need God comes to you and joins you in your hope. Know that God's desire for you is not anxiety and turmoil, it is peace, and it is offered Peace not only when it was healed or restored, but peace now in the waiting. And know that God has gifted you his spirit to equip you for this journey he has called you to follow. Friends, God can make a way to redeem and restore and renew even the most hopeless of situations. We pray And we trust that he will. And in the meantime, we follow as we are called. Let me pray for us. I'd ask the deacons to come forward for Lord's Supper as I pray. God, it is hard to believe fully that you can make a way in the hardest to hope for situation. and to wait and watch patiently for you to do so and to live for you in the meantime. Help us to hold these great tensions of faith alongside one another, to believe with all that we have that you can make a way and in the meantime, to look for your peace, to live for you as you call and as we are in. In your name we pray, amen. We hope you enjoyed your segment of the Trinity Baptist Church podcast with senior pastor Matt Homeyer. Join us next week for another segment. For more information about our church and to keep up to date with the latest resources, visit our website at trinitybaptist.org.